welcome to Expression of Experience, and I'm your host, Dr. Marge. Today, this particular podcast will be talking about marriage. Marriage, the marriage between Jesus and the church. The church is the body of Christ. The church is purchased by Christ. And finally, on the day of judgment, the church will be presented to Christ. The relationship that exists between Christ and his church as expressed in Ephesians 5. The save or in Christ, which is the same as being in his church. Jesus loves it. Yes, our Lord loves all people, but he has a special love for his church. Husbands, love your wives, just as the church also loved the church, and give himself for her. This is such a Bible statement that it makes it plain that the church is important to the Lord. So this evening, Dr. Jim Terrell will be talking about the marriage between the church and Jesus Christ. So enjoy. Again, this is and, Expression uh, of Experience. Gonna, tonight we're going to talk about marriage, which is a very important issue uh, in today's world. But before we get started, let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we bless you today. We thank you for our life, our health, our strength. We thank you for being our God. And besides you, there is no other king of kings, Lord of lords. And we bless you today. We ask you to bless each and every marriage, those that have been bonded together, even those that have been broken apart, Father. We pray that you bless your people in Jesus' name. I wanted to say, in John 14, we see Jesus gives us a comforting promise. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house there are many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, you may be also. That's John 14, verses 1 through 3. Pretty much, uh, hopefully, uh, a lot of us will understand that Jesus was really talking about a Jewish wedding at that time. Um, in Jewish customs, uh, in biblical times, Jesus was actually giving the power of the promises of that one would make as a bridegroom to his bride. And for us to understand in the West the significance of that power of that promise, we got to examine what that promise meant. The first step of a Jewish marriage, which was the engagement, was the establishment of a marriage covenant. And by such times when he established um, his love for the church, uh, we see that once again the bride groom had to purchase a price which was established for the marriage covenant. Um, at that time, the engagement was just as important as the marriage feast itself. We see men and, and women were regarded as husband and wife from the time that they made uh, that declaration. And at that moment, uh, the bride was declared to be consecrated and sanctified and set apart exclusively 
for her bridegroom, which was a symbol of the covenant relationship that had been established. The bride and groom would drink from a cup of wine, which was the engagement benediction that was pronounced. After the marriage covenant had been established, the groom would leave the home of the bride and return to his father's house. Then he would remain separate from his bride for a period of 12 months. This period of separation afforded uh, the bride time to gather uh, her things and prepare for her married life. The groom occupied himself with the preparations of living accommodations in his father's house which he could bring his bride. At the end of the period of separation, the groom came to take his bride to live with him. The taking of the bride usually took place at night. The groom, the best man, and the other male escorts would leave the groom's father's house and conduct a light, torchlight procession. Good God Almighty, to the home of the bride. Although the bride was expecting a groom to come for her, she did not know the exact time because only the father knew when he would send his son. Therefore, we don't know when Jesus is coming, but good God Almighty, he's coming. The Behold, the bridegroom is coming. After the groom received his bride together with her female attendants, the wedding party would return back to the bride's home and the groom to his father's house. Upon revival, arrival of the wedding party, we will find all the guests will be assembled. Shortly after the arrival of the bride and groom will be escorted and members of the wedding party into the bridal chamber. While the bridegroom's men, maids, uh, would wait outside, the bride and the groom would enter into the bridal chamber alone. There, in the privacy of that place, they would enter into physical union for the first time, therefore consummating the marriage that had been covenanted long before. After the marriage was consummated, the groom would announce the consummation to the other members of the wedding party, which were waiting outside of the wedding chambers. Look at John chapter 3, verse 29. These people would pass on the news of the marital union uh, to the wedding guests. During the seven days of wedding festivals and feasts, which was sometimes called the seven days of Hupa, the bride would remain hidden in the bridal chamber for seven days. At the conclusion of those seven days, the groom would bring his bride out of the bridal chamber, now with her veil re removed so the whole world could see his brand new bride. This is an analogy of Jesus Christ when he comes back for his bride, the church. Then we also see is the scriptures uh, regard the church to be the bride of Christ in Ephesians 5 um, verses 22 through 23. Uh, we see the Jewish bridegroom take the initiative in the marriage in leaving his father's house and traveling to the home of the prospective bride. So Jesus left his father's house, good God Almighty, in heaven and traveled to earth, the home of his bride, over 2,000 years ago. In the same manner as the Jewish bridegroom came to the bride's home for the purpose of obtaining her through the establishment of a married covenant, 
So Jesus came to earth for the purpose of obtaining the church through the establishment of God's covenant. And on the same night which Jesus had made this promise in John 14, he instituted communion. And as he passed the cup of wine to his disciples, he said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This is the way of saying that he would establish a new covenant through the shedding of his blood on the cross. Parallel to the customs of, of the Jewish groom, paying a price to purchase a bride, Jesus said a price had to be made to purchase his bride, the church. The price that he paid, though, was with his own blood. Good God Almighty, it was because of this purchase price that Paul wrote the following members of the church. Know you not that you are not your own, for you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit as you are God's. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20. And so we also see the Jewish bride being declared and sanctified and set apart exclusively for her groom once the marriage covenant was established. The church has been declared to be sanctified and set apart for Jesus Christ. Look at Ephesians 5, verses 25 through 27. Also 1 Corinthians 1, 2, 6, 11, Hebrews 10, 10, and 13, verse 12 of Hebrews. In the same way that cup of wine would serve as a similar marriage covenant through which the Jewish groom obtained his bride, so the cup of the communion serves as a similar covenant through which Christ obtained his bride, the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 25. And also, just like the Jewish groom left his home for his bride and returned to his father's house after the marriage covenant had been established, so Jesus the Christ came to earth, the home of his bride, and returned to his father's house in heaven after he had established that new covenant. Good God Almighty, can you see it? John 6, verse 62, John 20, verse 17. Corresponding with that period of separation between the Jewish groom and bride, Christ has been separate from the church for the last 2,000 years. The church is now living in that period of separation. In parallel to the custom of the Jewish groom preparing living accommodations for his bride in his father's house, during the time of separations, Christ has been preparing living accommodations for his bride, the church, in his father's house in heaven, during the separation from his bride. Look at John 14, 2. And in the same manner as the Jewish groom came to take his bride to live with him at the end of the period of separation, so Christ will come again for his church to live with him at the end of the period of separation from his bride, the church. John 14, 3. And also, just like a Jewish bride was accomplished by a procession of the groom and male escorts from the groom's father's house to come to be his bride, so taking of the church will be accomplished by possession of Christ and an angelic escort. Good God Almighty from his father's house in heaven, the home of his new bride. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. For he's going to come on the cloud to get his bride. This is also an analogy again of a Jewish bride 
not knowing the exact time of the groom coming for her. The church does not know the exact time that Jesus is going to come for her. Good God Almighty, understand what I'm telling you. Take this to the bank and deposit your brain in this. For this is a Jewish wedding. Jesus Christ is a Jew and you church are going to marry a Jewish man. Therefore, you must learn about his people. Amen. How can you marry a Jewish man and don't understand Jewish people? Similar again to the Jewish bride return with her groom to the father's house after the departure from her home, the church will return with Christ to his father's house in heaven as she is snatched from the earth. Once again, look at 1 Thessalonians 4, 17, John 14, verses 2 and 3. In the same manner as a Jewish wedding party found wedding guests assembled at the groom's father's house when they arrived, so Christ and the church will find souls of the Old Testament saints assembled in heaven waiting for their arrival. These souls will serve as our wedding gifts. Well, thank you, Dr. Terrell, Minister Terrell. What a profound message you shared with us today and giving us the metaphor of connecting marriage to the church and to Jesus Christ. What a word you gave us. What knowledge. And we thank you so much for being on Expressing of Experience and sharing your information, your knowledge with us. So for those of you who are listening, we'd like to hear from you on Expression of Experience. And today's topic was marriage, the marriage between Jesus and the church. And I'm your host, Dr. Marge, for Expression of Experience. Thank you for listening.